Welcome, I'm Rose Aguilar, and this is your call. California's ongoing storm is wreaking havoc across many parts of the state. On Saturday, a levee broke along the Pajaro River in Monterey County, forcing 1,700 people to flee their homes. An aerial view shows the entire area submerged in flood waters. People have been told not to drink the water. Many are staying in shelters. Pajaro is an unincorporated community in Monterey County with a population of roughly 3,000 people, where more than half of the residents are primarily Spanish speakers. Many are low-income farm workers. Today's guest, Los Angeles Times reporter Suzanne Rust, reports that officials had known for decades that the Pajaro River levee was vulnerable, but never prioritized repairs, in part because they believed it did not make financial sense to protect the low-income area. This is according to interviews and records. Suzanne Rust is an award-winning investigative reporter specializing in environmental issues. Previously, Suzanne Rust was editor of Columbia University's Energy and Environmental Reporting Project, where she led a series of investigations about what Exxon knew about the impact of human-induced climate change. Their reporting showed the company had been aware of climate change risks since the 1980s. Hi, Suzanne. Thanks so much for joining us again. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, the reporting that you did is so important and really damning. You spoke with Stu Townsley, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Deputy District Engineer for Project Management for the San Francisco region. And he told you that officials knew in the early 60s that that levee was not adequate for the water that the system gets. Can you tell us what else did you learn from Stu? Yeah, that's right. Um, so the, the levee was built in 1949. I think it was finally completed uh, maybe in the early 1950s. And almost right away, within five years, they knew this levee was not adequate. Um, and they have for years, uh, you know, since this time, been talking about doing repairs. But every time the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers sat down with OMB to figure out whether they had the money to to do this or not, it never penciled out the what he told me was that the land worth of uh, the land along the Pajaro River just wasn't worth the amount of money they would have to spend building a new levy. So it never penciled out. I mean, he didn't mince words. He said three years ago, as part of the overall environmental justice resetting of the federal government, Corps of Engineers, OMB, Congress, all recognized that if you exclusively looked at benefit cost ratios, you would not fund projects in areas that are typically lower income. Suzanne, how common is it for an official to be so straightforward about something like this? I have no idea how common it is. I feel I feel terrible. Unfortunately, I called him early on a Sunday morning and I think caught him a little off guard. But um, it is something that everybody uh, who is in government and who works on infrastructure seems to know. Nobody was surprised by what he said. They said, yes, this is this is systemic. This is this is just the way things have worked. Um, I think they were a little surprised that it was that it was said by somebody so high up in the, in the Army Corps. However, they also say there does seem to be a, a, a change happening. It's in somewhat of a black box. Nobody's quite sure what is happening but that there really has been this new environmental justice lens put on projects like this. And and in fact, um, on the Pajaro River, the levees there were um, penciled out finally to be reconstructed, to be rebuilt um, 
starting in 2025. Unfortunately, these these rains came uh, before that. Yeah, so unfortunate. So what you're talking about is they're hoping to move into construction in the next two years. This is funded by the Infrastructure Jobs Act and state money to pay 100% of the state's cost for reconstruction. But the damage has been done. I mean, this is not the first time this has happened. But Suzanne, the videos are just devastating. Can you tell us more about this area as you report? This is an unincorporated community in Monterey County. It's about 3,000 people. More than half of the residents are primarily Spanish-speaking. So many people in this area are low-income farm workers. Yeah, at... um... Uh, I was there on Saturday, uh, you know, looking looking at the devastation. Um, I, I was allowed to cross the bridge from Watsonville over to to Pajaro, and it's it's really it's stunning. You've you've seen the drone video of of water just over everything, and it's true. Pajaro has for uh, you know since the incorporation of of Monterey County and Santa Cruz County and the state has has been the almost like migrant work camp for Watsonville. And so it is, um, you know, both communities are economically disadvantaged, but but Pajaro even, even more so. It is much smaller. It's not incorporated, doesn't even have its own post office. It shares a zip code with Watsonville, even though it's in a different county. Um, it it really is sort of on on the margins of of Monterey County and the state. It's just a, a place that nobody seems to have paid much attention. And um, you know, this has happened before. In 1995, the levee breached. Two people died in the flooding, and and yet still nothing happened. Um, it's it's really it's really extraordinary um, and and appalling. It it really is. I mean, have you received? Have officials spoken out based on your reporting? Because local officials in Pajaro are speaking out. But what about high-level state officials? I've talked to Santa Cruz County officials. Uh, nobody, nobody in the state. Um, they they have said as well. Uh, this this has been a problem. They have been they have been screaming for years that something needed to be done. Senator John Laird had as well. It's it's how he got the money to finally get this this levy fixed. Um, but no, I, I have not uh, heard from anybody sort of at the, at the governor level. And, and frankly, I've been, I'm making calls this morning trying to figure out if the governor will be coming to visit. He's doing a state of the state uh, tour this week. And I didn't see on his schedule a, a stop here. Suzanne, we should also, again, emphasize the fact that these are mostly low income farm workers. And, and we've done a lot of reporting on this over the years. The, just that the treatment of farm workers in general is is shameful in a country in a state like California, the fifth largest economy in the world, doing backbreaking work for twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year. And some residents who pick strawberries spoke to the Mercury News. Uh, Lucia Mendoza and her husband Francisco Curiel said that they're very worried about how they're going to make ends meet now. They said they'd normally be picking fruit, but they'll have to find new jobs. So so much of the land is flooded. The food banks uh, are seeing so much demand, especially from farm workers, and now their homes are flooded. So what are officials going to do to take care of these people? It's it's a really good question. Um, you know, they there are evacuation centers for people right now, but officials are saying this is likely going to be an evacuation that lasts for months. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the town is is 
so inundated with water and will be left contaminated by the sewage, by toxic chemicals, by, you know, their, their auto repair shops, paint shops, all sorts of things over in Pajaro that, that are going to have been swamped and will be leaking throughout the streets and homes um, that will, that will need to be clean. I, you know, it's, it's unclear this, this year um, has been, uh, I think a real um, has really shown a spotlight on the farming communities along, particularly the California coast. You know, all the way from Half Moon Bay down, down to Pajaro. There, there was the mass shooting, which exposed issues in migrant farm worker housing. There were the floods that happened in January. Um, I, I think, uh, from my talk with local officials, um, there is a real concern and real movement to 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 change things to to start providing housing, to start thinking about these things. But um, it's clear this has been going on for decades. And um, it's it's one of those well-known secrets if you live there. But, um, you know, until until these events took place, I think very few people were aware outside. Exactly. I, in Half Moon Bay, a number of people who live there say they had no idea what was happening in their own city. President Biden is actually going to be in that area today. Uh, the area of Monterey Park. He's going to meet with families and victims of that mass shooting and talk about efforts to curb gun violence. I I wonder if Biden is going to say anything about the treatment of farm workers. I I hope so. I mean, now now is the time. I mean, again, as as you pointed out, these it is this community that provides the the food that we eat, the you know, they, they are they are the the muscle, the sweat, the broken bodies behind you know, the food we put on our tables. And um, it is it is clear that the uh, environment in which they live along the coast is um, way less than than satisfactory. Suzanne, you said that you are in trying to reach state officials. I mean, I definitely want to have you on again to find out what comes of this, just given that such a high-level official, uh, again, just to repeat this, Stu Townsley, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Deputy District Engineer for Project Management for the San Francisco region, uh, basically told you that officials knew that these levees would break, but it didn't make financial sense to protect this low-income area. So, you know, this is getting national attention. I just watched a piece on... Good Morning America, and they are in Pajaro, but they did not mention what these officials know about the levees. It's, in fact, one official in the piece said, "This is Mother Nature working." That's that's surprising. We uh, we published a story this morning that that sort of looks at this this very issue of it, it is generally disadvantaged, economically disadvantaged communities that live in areas like Pajaro that are on these uh, these infrastructure projects that that are decaying that are aging that are you know officials know something like more than half of them are at high risk of of falling apart and with with climate change intensifying uh weather systems you know increasing precipitation winds uh, these places are increasingly vulnerable and as as we had um one person one source tell us in our story today paro is just the beginning just the beginning. And you've got a new piece out this morning with Ian James called Age, Drought, Rodents, and Neglect Weaken California Levees, Heightening Flood Danger. Yeah, that, that's right. It's Again, it is communities like Pajaro that live along these levees that were, you know, often built in the late 1800s, early 1900s um, that are, you know, anybody, anybody who does 
any sort of evaluation of uh, infrastructure, water infrastructure in the state knows these things are 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 close to failing. I mean, they, they've been around for a hundred years. There's rodent holes through them. The the drought we just had had heated up the soils and dried them out in such a way that the integrity of the levees is is weakened. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's frightening. Mm. Suzanne, this really goes back to the work that you did when you were the editor of Columbia University's Energy and Environmental Reporting Project. As you said, and you've reported, climate change is intensifying and exacerbating these extreme weather events. And when you were there, you and your team led groundbreaking investigations about what Exxon knew about the impact of human-induced climate change. You all focused on what they knew back in the 80s. Yeah. So, again... Number one, we have known this infrastructure has been weak since, you know, the 1950s, 1960s. And, and, and generally, I would say the scientific community and the oil and gas company have known since the 1980s that weather systems were going to intensify. And so here we are, right? Uh, we are with an aging infrastructure and an increasingly volatile uh, climatic world, Um I, I just, uh, I, I'm reading a book called The, the Deluge by... Uh, Stephen Markley, which is a horrifying story, but it, it basically looks 10 years into the future where all these things come together. And it's frightening because they're coming together right now. Mm. It is so important to connect all of these dots. And you do, you and your team at the LA Times really do such a great job, Suzanne. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'd love to have you back to get an update on what you hear from state officials. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank stay you, Suzanne. Safe, everybody. Yep. Suzanne Rust reports that officials had known for decades that the Pajaro River levee was vulnerable, but never prioritized repairs in part because they believed it did not make financial sense to protect the low-income area. This is according to interviews and records. You can find Suzanne's pieces at yourcallradio.org. Suzanne Rust is an award-winning investigative reporter with the Los Angeles Times, and we will definitely continue to follow this. And I hope you all stay safe out there because it looks like where I am, at least, the wind just really kicked in. And we will definitely continue to do more shows on these important issues.